0: Hey everybody, Pastor Chris here. Thanks for listening to our Market Street Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope today's message helps you in your walk with Jesus. For more ways to connect, visit us at marketstreetchurch.org. So we are um, talking about, we've been in just a, a little bit of a book study, a major prophet by the name of Ezekiel. And uh, Ezekiel, man, he was asked to do some pretty interesting things by God. He was—I relate a lot with Ezekiel because he was asked by God to do some physical, literal object lessons. Uh, So he, he, what he would have to do with his life and how he. You know Projected and taught you know god 's people about what God had for them, he had to literally do some object lessons and some things uh, that were um, d- challenging difficult uh, humiliating um, heartbreaking um, and we 're going to talk about that in a few weeks so um, so last week we we left off and, and God was really just giving the people of God an opportunity to to embrace. Uh, this term uh, that we, um, the church uses, it's a term of, uh, called justification, justification. Uh, and, and the term justification, I know it sounds like a big, real churchy word, right? Uh, and it's really just the, a free gift of grace that God gives to every single one of us uh, so that we, uh, so that he, uh, the way that a God, a just God, you know, can, can pay and atone for our sins, uh, that he took it for us, that he sent his son Jesus uh, uh, by his abundant grace and mercy, he sent his son Jesus uh, to die for us, to take the place for us, to be the atoning sacrifice for our sin. Um, and that's a gift to you. That that means that the, a just God isn't going to pour his wrath out on you or on me. He poured his wrath out on his son Jesus. Isn't that good news for everybody? And so be, we don't have to behave our way into good standing with God. We can believe into a good standing, a righteous standing with God. And that's the... Ju- Idea of justification. Well, really, Ezekiel was teaching this to, to, to God's people, and God's people uh, had an opportunity to do that. And so um, we sort of left it off in, in Ezekiel eighteen. But before we look at that again, I just want to share, if I can, and I think I think this is the last one uh, that I'm going to share in regards to my trip to Disney World. Is anybody already is anybody sick of I? You, I, you should want me to go to... I have all these great illustrations and stories, right? You're like, oh, not another one. I think this is it. I think this is it. So... um when we were at, you're like, oh boy, here we go. When we were at a, a park called Epcot, they had what, what, what they at that time. They have different themes going on throughout the year. Uh, they had what they call the Flower and Garden Festival happening at Epcot. The Flower and Garden Festival happening, and um, so while we're there, a, a bunch of us are there, my family. We're we're walking, and all somehow, I don't know. It must have been some of the ladies' decisions. This was sort of a, a, a lady thing to do. No offense. Ladies, I, I, it wasn't the wasn't, I, way I could tell, none of the guys in the group really wanted to go where we were going. And we made our way into the butterfly house. <laughs> now, I don't know, guys. That doesn't really sound all that appealing to you, does it? Okay, so we we make our way into, so here's a, here's a, some images that I'll, I'll show you, uh, just for fun. Um, do we have those images there? There, we go. there. So yep. So there's a picture that my wife took, Katie. There's the right there. And so there's a picture that she took of a, of a butterfly, right? Right. So we're in this, this house, you know, you've, you've been into butterfly houses. Everybody, anybody been into butterfly houses before? Right. Okay. Okay. Good, good, good. Okay. And those of you that didn't raise your hand, they're like, yeah, I I have, I've been in there. Okay. So, so this is a picture that, that, uh, you know, Katie took and of, of a butterfly. Now, Again, we, you've, if you've been in one, it's just like, yeah, it's pretty, right? You know, there's a lot of flower and garden-y thing, and it's very green and colorful and things like that, you know? And, and so, but, you know, for me, I'm just kind of walking around going, what are we doing in here, right? I'm like, what is this? And then, you know, there's these little butterflies flying around, and some of the, the, the little girls in our group, you know, are like, oh, this is so pretty, you know? And, you know, Katie's taking pictures of butterflies and things like that but here, here's the thing here's the thing it, it's actually if you think about it if you think about it it's pretty amazing how they become butterflies don't you think like it, but it, but for us like we we've walked into these butterfly exhibits before these butterfly houses before and it's just like Ah, another butterfly, right? It's another butterfly. But it's actually, think about it, it's pretty incredible. And, and, and you, you know the the, the process, right? You, you, you're, you've been in school, you've been an adult for long enough to know, like, how the process works, right? I mean, it starts out with just this little egg, right? This little tiny, itty-bitty egg, you know, laid on this, you know, leaf or greenery or whatever. And then, uh, over time, it hatches and it becomes a... Uh, caterpillar right right so because am i just giving anything new information here is anybody's mind blown by what's like what what do you, what's the butterfly part i don't get it i don't understand we'll get there in a second we'll get there in a second okay and then it, and then over time and then it, it eats a lot right you've read the book a very hungry caterpillar right on Monday it eats the cake on Tuesday it eats the two apples I don't remember the story all right so some of you are like am I right am I right Eh?" okay all right so you know the story you read the story and so over time it goes into the cocoon or the pupa 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 okay pupa stage okay and and it gets into you know that that stage and we're goes into a cocoon and it's in there it's in there for quite some time and maybe maybe a few weeks maybe a month sometimes even longer and then over time you know what happens right it emerges out and it becomes this beautiful butterfly right amazing right It transforms. It it starts from an egg, moves to, is born into this caterpillar, eats a lot, goes into the pupa stage, and then emerges out of its, that that cocoon, and it brings about this beautiful butterfly where where they actually set up houses for people to walk through and to see all the beautiful flying butterflies, right? Now, Here's what you already know it, it it goes through this transformational stage, right, and this transformational stage, what you already know, transformational stage, is the state is called metamorphosis metamorphosis. anybody have ever never heard the word metamorphosis before? never never okay, good. everybody, know, everybody we're all on the same page, right? And so it goes through this this metamorphosis stage, okay so today. And next week, here's the idea. I want to talk about what it looks like for us to go through this transformation or this metamorphosis, because, as a matter of fact, that word metamorphosis is found in the scripture multiple times, and ultimately, what Ezekiel is wanting for you and for me, what he's wanting is that he's wanting us to understand that just like a, it goes from a caterpillar. To a butterfly, that this is the concept that God has brought you and I through when it comes to a relationship with Jesus when it comes to putting your faith in Jesus and what happens is is oftentimes what happened to me and maybe what's happened to you is that it becomes so or you've heard it so much you've heard it taught so much that it just becomes commonplace for you but really if you think about it it's quite miraculous it's quite miraculous so I want us to say I want us to sort of like not, I don't want it to become commonplace for us. I don't want it to become something that is just, you know, normal or, or just the status quo or yeah, I've heard this so much. I've been taught this so much. I, I, I generally understand this idea but, but I've never really lived it out or I've never really experienced it for myself. Well, this is exactly what Ezekiel is wanting for God's people and this is exactly what God wants for his people today. He wants us to understand that if you've put your faith in Jesus, if you put your faith in the finished work of Jesus on a cross, that you and I have gone through this metamorphosis, that you and I have been transformed. So what happens, here's the question, what happens when God transforms his people? What happens when God transforms his people? No, Neva, can we jump back to Ezekiel 18? Thank you. So here's where we left it off last week. And here's the call that God gives through Ezekiel to God's people, and it's still the same for us today. Cast away from you all transgressions that you have committed, and make yourself a new heart and a new spirit. So here's what he's saying to you and to me today. And here's what he was saying uh, through Ezekiel Thousands of years ago. Move away from transgressions and move towards transformation. Move away from transgressions and move towards transformation because this is what God has for us. He has transformation in mind. For us. So it's moving away from our lifestyle of sin and transgressions against God, you know, knowing what is right and, 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 and yet not doing it, being disobedient and, and out of bounds when it comes to the parameters of God. He says, I want you to move away from that. I want you to move out of that lifestyle. And I want you to move towards transformation, which God has for all of us. We also looked at this verse a few weeks ago, I think in week one of Ezekiel. And there was a whole story that set this up with Moses. Hopefully, you're you're, uh, um, with us that week. uh, But if not, I would encourage you to go back and listen because there's a whole thing involving Moses with this. But here's what Paul said. He says, And we all, with unveiled face... Beholding the glory of the Lord. And so basically just to give you a quick review, Moses would put a veil over his face to, to hide or disguise the glory of God. He would put a veil because everybody that saw him thought that he was weird looking, he was glowing, he was shining. And so he, God's going, listen, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. I want you to be a light to the world. I want you to be the salt of the earth. This is what I want you to be. So don't put a, don't hide it, right? Don't hide your faith. Don't hide your light. Jesus taught this concept, right? Don't put it under a a basket, right? Let it shine for all to see. And so Moses hid his light. He hid his light. And so he says, we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed, the word metamorphosis, are being transformed into the same image. What image? The image of the Lord, the image of Jesus. This is the transformation process that God wants to take you through. He wants you and and has empowered you. We're going to look at that in a second. He has empowered you to be more like Jesus. That's your purpose, That's why you exist. That's why you woke up today. That's why you have breath in your lungs. That's why you have influence in your life. That's why you have people around you. Why? Because he wants the world to see Jesus through you. And you have an opportunity by the power of God to be transformed into the same image He says, from one degree of glory to another. In other words, this is a process. So that means that when you put your faith in Jesus, you didn't the next day act like Jesus. And you know this, right? You didn't act like Jesus the next day. If you claim that you are you're wrong, because even the Apostle Paul said, I have not even arrived yet. The Apostle Paul, who wrote the majority of the New Testament, said, I haven't even attained you know, the, the level of being like Jesus. He says, I'm still a work in progress. Listen, here's the good news. It doesn't happen overnight. That should be good news for you. Here's the good news. You're still a work in progress. So, you can keep pretending and putting down a facade and wearing you know, a cover as if you're more spiritual than everybody else. Listen, you can keep doing that, but I, listen, the Bible already exposes you. As I, as I mentioned last week, I'm a terrible person, but I'm a work in progress. I have a long ways to go, but I'm a work in progress. I don't always get it right. But I'm a work in progress. I don't always have, you know, do and say what I should do and think. And, and I don't always get it right. But I'm a work in progress. I'm being transformed from one degree of glory to another. I'm being transformed in the same image of Jesus. This is the purpose of, of, of your life. If you have any other goals, if, if your highest goal is not to be like Jesus, you, you need to make that your goal. If your ambitions are, are, are more than or different than, I just want to be like Jesus in, in my home, at, at my work, around my family, you know, when it comes to my finances, when it comes to dealing with you know people in my life, if, if that's not your goal, you need to change your goal. You need to change your purpose because this is why God created you. He created you in his, in his image and he wants you to not just to look like God, but he also wants you to act like God and act like Jesus in the way that Jesus acted with people. You with me so far? This is the transformation process. This is the metamorphosis that God wants to take us in. And he says, I want you to move out of transgressions. I want you to move out of your willful sin. I want you to move out of your justifications of your sin. I want you to move out of, well, this just feels right to me or I, I think this is right or, or I, I, I know what my truth is. He says, I want you to move out of that idea and I want you to move towards becoming more like Jesus. That's what I want you to do. And so it's, we're like caterpillars and some are still caterpillars and some are still eating and some maybe are working their way into the pupa stage. Am I saying this right? Okay. Chrysalis stage, right? Or that, that one too, that one too. And moving into a, a place where God says, I want you to be like a butterfly to the world. I want you, that's what I want you to be. And it should be, for the world, commonplace for people to see and go, hey, that's what's, what happens to a Christian. It's that kind of transformation. It's that kind of transformation. So what happens? What happens when God transforms his people? I'm glad you asked. It's a good question, everybody. I know you were wondering. You, here's what happens. Number one, it's your life becomes about his holy namesake. Your life, my life, becomes about his Holy namesake. It's not about your namesake. It's not about anybody else's namesake. It's about His holy namesake. We've said this a few weeks ago. It is all your life, my life, if, if we are in this transformation process and you are if you put your faith in Jesus, your life and my life is about His holy name. It's for His sake It is not for my sake. So we're going to jump now. So here's what happened. At Ezekiel 18, where we left it off last week, all the way up until Ezekiel 36, you know what God's people did? God's people said, nah, nah. I'm not going to move away from my transgressions. I'm not going to move towards my transformation. I'm not going to move away from my sin. I'm not going to strive to having a new heart. In a new spirit. God's people turn down God's opportunity for real transformation. Listen, let that not be you. Let's not be you when it comes to that. And so the way that works is, first thing, it's about his name. It's not about your name. It's about his glory, not about your glory. It's about his will. It's not about your will. So because they said no to God, Because they turned and said, you know what? We're going to continue down our wicked ways. We're going to continue down our path. God, you know what God did? Because he's a loving father, God brought about punishment. God brought about judgment. God brought about discipline. That's what God did. Why? Because he loves his children. And he wants them to feel the weight of their consequences. Why? So that they'll turn and find what it means to have life in his name. You'll find no other life in any other name other than the name of Jesus. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. You can try to find life in this world, fulfillment, satisfaction. You'll never find it. You'll never be satisfied. You can only find it in the Lord. And so it's in his name where we find life. And it's about his name. It's about his name. Let me show you, Ezekiel 36. Therefore it says, say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, it is not for your sake. There it is. It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations to which you came. Then he goes on to says, say this in verse 23. And I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, in which you have profaned among them. And the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord God. When through you, when through you, I will vindicate my holiness before their eyes. You know what God is saying? Here's what God is saying. You know what I wanted to do? I wanted to completely wipe you out. I wanted you, because of your poor decisions and your poor choices and your lifestyle and the direction you're going and the transgressions against me, even though I've offered you so many incredible blessings and so many incredible promises, you turn your back on me and what God says, what I wanted to do is I wanted to squash you. But because I'm, because of my holy name, even though you've profaned me, even though you have turned your back on me, he says, I will instead, I will give you an, an opportunity to be transformed. He says, I will vindicate my holiness. I will vindicate my holiness. And that declares the Lord, when through you I will vindicate my holiness before their eyes. In other words, what I will do is I will let all the nations around see that I can make a broken people an, an ungrateful people, a people that are about themselves, self-centered, I'm going to make them holy in their uh, eyes. I'm going to take their transgressions and I'm going to use it and I'm going to transform their lives before other people. But in order for that to happen, he says, it need, you need to know that isn't, this is not for your sake. This is not for your sake. This is for my holy Namesake. Now, this is a softball toss right here, okay? Here's where else we see this. Here's where else we see this. You've heard this, this uh, chapter before in, in this book. Psalm 23. Are you familiar with Psalm 23? Of course you are. Of course you are. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. David saying, when the Lord is leading me, when the Lord is guiding me, I won't want for anything. I want for nothing. Nothing in this world can give me what the Lord can give me when I make the Lord my guide, when the Lord is my leader, when the Lord is setting my path Got Nothing in this world will satisfy like him. And when he is my shepherd, I shall not want. Let's go on. He says this in verse 2. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Aren't you glad that we have a shepherd who makes you lie down in green pastures and we fight him? Like, no, I want, I want the, the dirt. And God's why would you want the dirt? No, I want the, I want the, the desert. I want the and God's going, no, 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 no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you, I'm gonna make you lie down in the truth of my word so that you can feed from the green grass and get the nourishments for your soul that you need. I'm gonna make you lie down in the greener grass. No, 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 I, I see, you you've said this before, right? There's I, I see greener grass. I, I, there's, there's grass. On the other side, isn't it always true your neighbor's grass is greener than yours? Right? You're like, oh, their, their grass looks great. We're like, well, we, I, I wish I had their grass. You know, that old saying, the grass is greener on the other side, right? And God's going, no, 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 no. I've got it. I've got the greenest pastures. I've got the greenest grass for you to lay down on. I don't want you to go... To anywhere else and think that that's going to satisfy. It, don't, it won't. It never will. So I'm going to make you lie down in green pastures. That's what a good shepherd will do for his flock. He says this, he leads me beside the still waters. I love that idea, the idea of peace, the idea of just being calm knowing that even though there's things around us swirling that are difficult and challenging, that God says, I wanna, I wanna lead you to this place of peace, this place of still waters, this place that maybe you go to in the summertime where you sit down on a beach early in the morning, you got your cup of coffee in your hand and you're just like, ah, life is good. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And you're by those still waters and all the worries seem to just be gone. And this is what God is saying. God's saying, I, I, I wanna take you there spiritually. And I know that you try to go there physically and it only lasts for so long. But God says, I want to take you there spiritually because that lasts forever. You see it? That lasts forever. The Lord is my shepherd. I, I, don't, I won't want He's going to make me lie down in green pastures. He's going to lead me beside still waters. That's what he is going to do for me. And then he goes on. He's not even done. He restores my soul. Like I get to I get to, not want for anything. I get to lie down in green pastures. I get to be led to still waters. And, and what that will do for you, that... Can I say this again? Nothing else will do. Nothing else will do. It will restore your soul. It will rejuvenate your soul. The thing that you feel the the pressure and the tension from that is just, just ripping away at you because you're trying to find it somewhere else. You're trying to find it in other places. And you just know inside of you, deep down inside of you, that this needs to be recharged. This needs to be restored. And and God is going, listen, I'm your shepherd. I want to not want for anything other than me. I want to make you lie down in green pastures. I want to lead you beside quiet waters. And that will restore your soul. He leads me, he says, he leads me in the paths of righteousness. He's bringing about this transformation. He's pointing me and he's guiding me down the path that I can be more like Jesus. Now, when we read this, when we read this, We hear a lot of me, I, right? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths. Of righteousness, you, do you hear it? And so we read this, and we're like, He loves me. It's all about me. It's my green grass. It's my still waters. It's my soul that gets restored. He's he's leading me down the path of righteousness. It's all about me. But you gotta continue to read it for what? For what? For his name's sake. Even if we're like we read the Bible we're like my still waters, my green grass, my path of righteousness. It's what I want. And Jesus is going it's for my sake. It's for my sake. I'm going to make you lie down in green pastures. It's for my sake. I'm going to lead you beside still waters. It's for my sake. I'm gonna direct you down the path of righteousness. Why? For my sake. I'm gonna restore your soul. It's for my sake. And then you and I, you and I, when we submit to that and we say, The Lord is my shepherd, when we surrender that to him, we get to we get to experience that for ourselves. But you know where that then should be redirected? Towards him. The only reason why I have peace in my life is because of him. The only reason why I get to feed from the green grass of God's word is because of him. The only reason why I'm on a path towards the transformation process called the righteousness of God is for his name's sake. Not yours. Not yours. It's his name. It's his name. And we should, and what God wants you to do and what God wanted for his people through Ezekiel is he just wants you to experience. He wants you to experience that fulfillment, that peace, that satisfaction, that hope, and that life direction that is moving you away from your sin and pointing you towards being like him. And those who are in the process of transformation say and live and show example of that the only reason why I am where I'm at right now in this process is for his name's sake. Because I want the world to see what a God in heaven who loves me and loves you can do in and through you. And it is through his holiness and the process of holiness that he wants to take you through, that the world around you will see, wow, I can go from a caterpillar to a butterfly. That's the transformation process he's taking us through. Can I give you one more? And then I got three more next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. One more, this today. Um, thank you, Neva. He gives us a new heart and spirit. You know that? If you put your faith in Jesus, he's given you a new heart. According to Jeremiah, our, our natural heart is deceitful, it's deceptive, it's wicked, and according to Jeremiah, it's beyond cure. There's no, there's no antidote for it. Other than one thing, a relationship with Jesus, a relationship with the Lord. When you say in your life and you mean it and you believe it, that the Lord is my personal shepherd. When that happens, your heart, natural heart, which is deceitful, wicked, manipulative, beyond cure, who can understand it? He says, you get a brand new heart. Brand new heart and a brand new spirit. You see, what makes us human? We have a body, a soul, a spirit. What makes us human is that we have a spirit. That spirit, because of sin, is dead. The only thing that brings that dead spirit back to life again is the Holy Spirit of God. The only thing that can bring your dead spirit to life again is that when you put your faith in Jesus, Jesus says, I'm going to give you a helper, a comforter. He's going to come and he's going to dwell in you and he's going to bring to life your dead spirit. So now you have a new heart and a new spirit. A new spirit. He says it this way in Ezekiel 36. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. And I will put within you, and I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Verse 27. And I will put my big S, spirit, Holy Spirit, within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey My rules. So, what God has done, he's removed your old heart, heart of stone, he says. He's given you a new heart. He's taken your dead spirit and he's put his big ass spirit in you and he brought it back to life again. And you now have access to a holy God. Isn't that good news? That's what he's done. So, you We can't continue to use the excuse of our natural state. We can't continue to say, well, it's just the way that I am. Or I just, this is just what I do. Or this is just what I say, right? We can't use that. Why? Because if you truly put your faith in Jesus, you're in the process of transformation. And he's given you a new heart and he's given you a new spirit. Peter says it this way. Peter describes it this way. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Now, here's the cool thing about that. He's saying, listen, well, here's what his divine power has done. His divine power has, which is the Holy Spirit of God inside of you, he's placed that in us and and what is now in us is the ability to have life and godliness. He's given us the the power to to grow up and to become more like Jesus. It's it's in you. It's in you. It's instilled in you. You've got a new heart and a new spirit, and that's the divine power that is granted to all of us things pertaining to life and godliness. You can achieve it. You can accomplish it. You can move in that direction. He says, through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. Peter goes on to say this. By which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. So that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful Desires. So he, he said, listen, I, I've taken, by, because of my divine power, I've, I've brought about this, this divine nature inside of you now that you can grow and mature and become like Jesus. You can understand what it means to have life, holiness, and godliness. And you have escaped the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desires. Then he says this, for this very reason, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith. To supplement your faith. Does anybody um, take supplements at all? Studies show that a lot of people take supplements, right? They take things. They take like, you know, extra vitamin D. You're like, the sun isn't enough. I need to take some vitamin D. You know, or vitamin B complex, or vitamin C, or, you know, multivitamins, or, you know, probiotics, or melatonin, or zinc, or whatever. All of us have different Things that we take as supplements to to help us with, with with whatever it is, whether it be, you know, health, you know, or whatever, it is, fitness, you know, just, just anything in general that we want to get a little boost. Some take protein, right? Some take extra protein. All of us can go through a list of things where we open up our cabinet and we say, I need a little bit of extra this, right? Fish oil, gross, right? Apple cider vinegar, right? Those kind of things. Like, I love, if you if you haven 't had the apple cider vi- vinegar uh, gummies they 're amazing they 're incredible all right so go and find those okay that they 're not sponsoring the sermon at all all right so <laughs> but they 're great they 're great okay so all of us have supplements that we take in order to help us give us a boost when it comes to certain things true, true. so this is what he 's saying he 's saying For this very reason, so you have now a divine power. This divine power has given to you everything you need, everything you need to mature into life and godliness and holiness and transformation. It's in you. It's in you. It's in you. He says, and you've escaped the corruption of this world through sinful desires? He says, so for this very reason, you need to make every effort to supplement your faith. And you receive the the gift of the Holy Spirit. You receive this divine power. You have this divine nature because of faith. Because of faith. But he's saying, listen, I want you to now supplement to that faith. I want you to add to, add to your faith that you put in, and I want you to begin to applying some of these things into your life. Things like virtue. Things like morals. Things like your character, your integrity. That's what it means. And not just virtue, but knowledge. So you gotta, you can't just have faith. You, You gotta have, you have to act out that faith with morality Virtue, character, integrity but also knowledge also understanding why you believe what you believe why you put your faith in what you put your faith in so it's having a knowledge he's not done verse 6 and and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness or in other versions it says perseverance he says I want you to supplement your faith with things because you wh- how, wh- why because you have a new heart and you have a new spirit and you're like i can't i don't have any self control i don't i don't learn i don't i, I can't uh, uh, you know retain knowledge I I can't live morally. I can't persevere. And, And you know what God is saying to you? Yes, you can. Because you have a divine power and you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. If you put your faith in Jesus, you have been born again. And your new life and your new heart and your new spirit is going to give You, the power to be able to have self control, persevere when things are hard, and to be godly and to understand God better and go on and on with morals and character and integrity. You can do it. You can do it. Old heart, no chance. Dead spirit, no chance. But if you put your faith in Jesus, if you put your faith in Jesus, you've emerged out of that cocoon as a butterfly. Let's not let that become commonplace for us. And let's remember that one time we were slithering around in our faces and now going, Phew. I've got a new heart and I've got a new spirit and the only reason why I'm flying and soaring high like a butterfly is for his name's sake. Not yours and not mine. You can live morally. You can have more knowledge of God. You can live self-controlled. You can live in through and persevere. And you can be godly. You can. And Peter's not even done. He's like not only godliness. Verse seven, with godliness, brotherly affection. And brotherly affection, love. Idach. You don't know my brother. <laughs> you don't know so-and-so. You don't know. Listen, you can love. You can. You mean the kind of love that Jesus, yeah? You can. Because you, you have a divine nature and a divine power. And if you're like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe it's truly then just surrendering your life to Jesus for the first time. Even though you think you've done it before. For the first time. And you say, God, it's not for my namesake. It's for your namesake. It's not about my will, it's about your will. It's not about my plan, it's about your plan. God, I want I want that new heart, and I want that new spirit. That's what I want. If that's for you, you're in this transformation process. That's where you're at. And there's three more next week, so come back for it. And then we're going to talk about. So we talked about justification this week, and next week we're talked about sanctification. The week after that, we're going to talk about glorification. And then the final week of Ezekiel is going to be really hard. (laughs) Really tough. But it's going to be a lot of fun. And you're going to go, I want it because, because I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be more like Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, God, you've taken us through this metamorphosis, this process of being transformed but only for those who put their faith in you, their trust in you. But if we've done that, what the reality, the reality is, it's all for your namesake. It's not so that I can, for me, in my glory, sit beside still waters, lie down in green grass, not want for anything. My soul be restored. It's not necessarily even for me. It's just for you. But we are a byproduct of it. We are a beneficiary of it. But it's all for you. It's your name. But it's available to us. And you've given us this divine nature, this divine power to be able to supplement our faith with things like morality virtue knowledge self-control perseverance godliness brotherly sisterly affection for one another and agape love unconditional love father we th- I pray, Lord, that we know that that is in us to do it. We have that power in us to do that, to live that out. I pray we do it. Because that's the process of transformation that we're in. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth of it. pray you be with each one here. Keep them safe this week. Guide them, lead them, direct them. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a happy Sunday.